We're on the third Sunday of the Easter season. There are actually going to be seven Sundays that are going to track the 50 days between Easter Sunday morning and the Feast of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the Christian church. During that time, Scripture is very vocal for us about what happens during that period. Jesus actually used that as a time to come back as the risen Lord. As he had spent three years in his human body, walking the length and breadth of Israel and preaching and performing miracles to bring the gospel of salvation to the world, he now comes back after his resurrection in his risen body, his human body that has now been glorified. And so last Sunday, which was the second Sunday following the resurrection, we read about those events where Jesus appeared in the upper room to his apostles, still frightened for themselves, locked in the upper room. And all of a sudden, Jesus stood there in their midst. And he invited them to come forward and touch him and see that he was not a ghost or a phantasm of their mind, but he was in reality there, truly risen and back with them. And then he will spend this time to bring back to their minds and to clarify for them the things that they must be prepared to do as the witnesses to this gospel that Jesus Christ gave his life for. And he tells them that even then with the new information he will give them and the ability to look back at those events that so horrified them and see them fall into place and show the connection, connect all of the dots for them so they could see the whole picture. He said, you still will not completely understand until the Holy Spirit comes. Then he will give you the gift of understanding. And with that understanding, you will grow strong and brave, and you will go out and profess the gospel. And that's exactly what happened historically 2,000 years ago. And that's exactly what we're called to participate in now. In the middle of our plaza outside is a cross that has been there since Ash Wednesday when we began the season of Lent. And all through the season of Lent, it was draped in the purple to remind us of some sad events that were going to transpire and that we need to be in prayer so that we can understand those events and allow them to change uh, our lives. On Good Friday, that purple cloth was taken down and it was replaced with a black drape, the black drape of death, to remind us that this was the altar of sacrifice on which Jesus gave his life. And then when you came here Easter Sunday morning, there was the beautiful white shroud that draped the cross that remind us that Jesus had risen and that shroud was no longer wrapped around his lifeless body but it draped on the instrument of salvation as a reminder to us that Jesus Christ is alive and the risen Christ is the life is the Christ that we worship now and it is the risen Christ who wants us to understand the call that he puts on our life and to be able to live into the grace and the power 
that he wants us to have to live the gospel ourselves rather than tell people about the gospel show them the gospel by how it changes our lives and we pray to him to constantly give us grace and strength that we might be faithful to that calling and be able to be fit witnesses next Sunday and for the remaining three Sundays until we come to Pentecost the teachings of the gospel are going to come from those beautiful words that Jesus used at the Last Supper at his Passover meal with his apostles that were recorded so beautifully by the Apostle John and those words have been fittingly referred to as the living witness, the last will and testimony of Jesus Christ as he prayed for his apostles and told them of the events that they were going to struggle with and reminded them of the success that they were going to have and pleaded with them to stay together, to be faithful, and to follow the teachings that he would give them. And that's what we will be concentrating on between now and Pentecost Sunday when we welcome the Holy Spirit into our midst and ask him to set us free to live the gospel and to share that gospel with others. Today the gospel from St. Luke has to do with a trip, with a journey. It is a, a gospel that tells us about hope that is lost and the dire consequences of that and hope that is restored. It's about a long, difficult journey into the face of hopeless despair and a fast journey back with the wind of hope behind us into a life of resurrection. It's about two of Jesus' apostles who feel that their whole life has come to an end and everything that they had hoped for had been dashed and life was meaningless for them and the only thing that they had to look forward to was simply to go back to the shallow meaningless life that they had before and so the story opens with two of these disciples of Jesus on their way back to the town of Emmaus only seven miles outside of Jerusalem lamenting the experiences that they had had on Friday Jesus Christ had been crucified and had died he had given his life and everything seemed hopeless when you die the game is over and everything goes back in the box and that's what they were faced with and they knew that they were lost Saturday had been a puzzling day in which they simply grieved the loss of everything that they had learned to put their hope in they said that they had hoped that Jesus was the Messiah who would bring salvation to them 
But all of that was lost now. And then when Sunday occurred and the Sabbath was over and they were able to travel, they make their way back with slow, painful steps going back into an unattractive life that they had before and lamenting everything that they had lost. And as they went on that journey, someone appeared near them. And they start telling this stranger about the events that had taken place in their life and how their hopes had been dashed. And they were so steeped in that despair that they were unable to see that the person that they were walking with was none other than Jesus himself. When you have lost hope, then nothing else really matters or comes clear uh, into your vision. When you have lost hope, nothing else really has an effect on your life. When you have lost hope, you cannot see the sun rise even if it's right there in front of you. When you have lost hope, nothing else matters. And they had lost that hope, and that's why they told this stranger that they had hoped that things were going to be different, and they had their minds set on such wonderful things, and all of that was lost. Jesus was not impatient with them. Jesus walked very carefully with them and slowly and used that time with them to begin to explain to them, to bring into focus the things that had happened. And starting with the Old Testament and all of the great prophecies that had been uh, prophesied about the Messiah, he began to show them how these things were actually to be expected, but that they had somehow lost sight of them. But he brought them into focus for them. And then when they sat down at table, when they arrived at the end in Emmaus, Jesus took bread and wine and broke the bread and prayed over the wine and shared it with them. And when that happened, their eyes were opened and they realized that that stranger was none other than Jesus Christ himself. In their presence speaking with them and helping them to understand the things that had happened. And remember what they said? They just turned to each other and they said, didn't your heart just burn within you as he spoke to us about these things and helped us to see them clearly? Didn't your heart just burn with that faith and knowledge and that restoration of hope. And so what do they do? Do they keep that burning sense of hope and joy with themselves? No, they don't. They can't wait to get back to Jerusalem. It was a long and difficult trip to get all the way to uh, Emmaus. But now, and they were so weak and so dejected and so depressed that every step was painful. But now, like the energized bunny, with new life, they can't wait to head back to Jerusalem and to share that information with the apostles. They can't wait to get there. When you have lost hope, 
and had it restored, then the life that you have is magnificent. It's unbelievably brilliant. And that's what they were experiencing, and that's what the Lord wants us to experience. Because you see that journey that the apostles were historically on 2,000 years ago is not a strange trip to you. If you have lived long enough, each of you have been on that trip because in the lives that we live here on this earth, all of us have faced hopeless situations. We've had our hopes and happiness dashed, sometime uh, by the uh, decision uh, of a family member to split from the family and to go and seek their life elsewhere on their own and turn their back on the family. Sometime it comes through the diagnosis of a doctor who tells us we have an illness for which there is no cure and our life is going to slowly but inexorably just slip away. Sometime it's a person whom we have shared our life with and whom we hope to spend the rest of our life with and we find out that that is no longer possible and that they are leaving us. We've all been on that journey to Emmaus. And we have all known what it was to lose hope and to be depressed and to be in despair. But Jesus wants us to know this morning that that's not the end of the story. That's part of life. That's what life is like. That's what life throws at you. But you're called to a greater life than that. You're called to a new life, to a glorious life, a risen life. In Jesus Christ, who gives us the ability to receive hope again, the grace from him, to be able to accept whatever the world throws at us and to rebuild our life with the grace and the ability that God gives us, to do, connect all of the dots and to see God in all of these things and to know that he is never going to desert us but he will be there to stand by us and to strengthen us. When we, that's what Jesus came to this world for, to give hope. That's why he died on the cross, to restore hope to his apostles. He wanted to give that hope to them. He wants to give that hope to you. He is the God of hope. And he wants that hope to be restored in your life and to know that he is there with you and that the picture has really not changed because our ultimate goal in life is always to be with our Lord. And if we are with him, then he gives us the ability to handle anything. And nothing, St. Paul tells us, can separate us from the Lord. Not death, not sickness, not fear. Nothing can separate us from the love of God who stands with us to support us in all that we do. So what do you do when you have hope restored? There are two things that you've got to do. The first thing is you've got to share that with someone else. It is something that has to be shared with someone else and you can't wait to share that with someone else. And the other thing is that when we share it and that hope comes together, that hope grows stronger for us and for everyone with whom we share it. The restoration of hope that we read about in today's gospel is like the burning coals in the fire pit 
that as they are brought together, as they, as, as they transfer that heat from one to the other, that heat grows with greater light and greater intensity. And that's what we're called to do. That's why we're here in this church today. We come to share that gift of hope with others because there's some people in our midst who are just about at the edge of losing that hope. And they need to be in this place of worship. And they need to hear these prayers. And they need to have the closeness of brother and sister believers among them so that they can be ignited with that faith and with that hope. That's what Jesus calls us to do. That's what these next four weeks in the Easter season are meant to do for us, to help build that sense of hope, that restoration of faith, so that when Pentecost comes and we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit, then we can open our hearts fully and completely to the Holy Spirit and receive the gift from God that will make us burst with fire and with energy, with hope, with love, and with faith so that we can be the people who can go out those doors into this community and wherever the Lord takes us and impact this world in the name of Jesus Christ and to share that blessing with others. We are people who go on these journeys, but we don't journey alone. Jesus is always with us, and if we allow him to speak to us and to enter our hearts, then that journey can be transformed and we can go back to the place that he calls us to, and we can be the people of faith that he wants us to be. Amen.